0: You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your midday news for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Fuel prices in Iowa rose for the second consecutive week, according to the latest report from the Iowa Department of Agriculture and AAA Iowa. As of Wednesday, the average price for a gallon of regular unleaded gasoline was $3.01, a 7-cent increase from last week, but down 20 cents from a year ago. The national average for gas on Wednesday was up $0.01 to $3.27 per gallon. Retail diesel prices in Iowa climbed $0.03 to $3.83 per gallon, $0.23 below prices from last year and $0.27 lower than the $4.10 national average. Wholesale ethanol was unchanged from $2.16 and heating fuels Propane prices held steady at $1.59 per gallon. Home heating oil climbed 5 cents to $3.27 per gallon. And natural gas prices at the Henry Hub reporting site rose 15 cents to $1.76 per MMBTU. The Carroll County Board of Supervisors spent nearly three hours during their meeting Tuesday looking to trim the fiscal year 2025 budget. Last year, the Iowa Legislature passed House File 718, which limits annual growth for municipal governments and many boards and councils, including Carroll County, are facing a tight budget year. The supervisor started with the review of a long-standing contract with Crawford County for Environmental Health Services. The board's analysis found the agreement came at a loss of around $40,000 for the county over the last five years. Environmental Health Director Carrie Kersey says the state is partially to blame for changes to service reimbursements to the county. In 2015, when that changed, how we had a couple really low positive years and then went went negative. And I'm not going to say that that's entirely the reason. Obviously, salaries have gone up, insurance goes up, gas prices have gone up, all this stuff goes up. The 28E agreement with Crawford County has existed in its current form for more than a decade. The supervisors indicated they are not dissatisfied with the contract, but it needs to be updated to protect Carroll County taxpayers. The board then looked at nonprofit funding requests later in the meeting. Board chair Stephanie Hausman says this is a difficult discussion because something has to give when the budget is being squeezed. When I go home and I have to do our bills, if it's a tight month, guess what? I'm not donating. I'm not giving money away. So we do really, there are areas. This is a tight year. This isn't, oh, we have it, we can shift money and we can shift levies and we can play with things. No, this is a tight year, and I really hope everybody takes that into consideration. One of the first requests that was looked at closely was Carroll County Growth Partnership's $87,400 request for FY25. None of the supervisors supported the full request. Suggestion ranged from level funding at $82,400 to as low as $70,000. District 2 Supervisor Mike Anderson says supporting economic development is a priority for the board, but the supervisors and taxpayers need to know how that money is being utilized.
1: I showed my frustration last year and obviously had multiple meetings with them
0: because of that. And one thing is I wanted accountability, the same thing she mentioned. Uh, I had a few, I think maybe two months of emails of stuff that was going on. And after that, it was crickets. So I'm not against economic development. I understand business. I understand what you have to do to keep it going. But I just want answers. CCGP is coming off one of its most active years in recent memory, which included the launch of Hub 712, Ragbri, and the state baseball tournament. The supervisors agreed to maintain level funding, but with the expectation, CCGP will provide regular updates to the supervisors concerning economic development activities. Requests from the county's nonprofit daycare centers were also debated at length, resulting in funding reductions for all three of them. Uh, That's Carroll, Breida, and Manning. It was a similar situation for the county's libraries, which were reduced from last year's funding amounts. So again, a pretty tight budget year. For the Carroll County Board of Supervisors as they make their way through their budget preparation process. And Senator Chuck Grassley is leading the effort in the U.S. Senate to permanently reauthorize legislation that bans the manufacture, ownership, or sale of firearms that do not contain enough metal to set off metal detectors or x ray machines. The Undetectable Firearms Act was first passed during the Reagan administration and has been reauthorized by Congress three times since then. Grassley says since 1988, the Undetectable Firearms Act has kept Americans safe by ensuring plastic guns can't be snuck through security. It's an important and common sense measure that goes a long way to protecting our airports, government buildings, and other public spaces. Allowing it to lapse now would be a mistake. The most recent reauthorization of the legislation will expire on March 8th and is not included in this year's National Defense Authorization Act. Grassley introduced the legislation with Senator Jack Reed of Rhode Island. A link to the bill's full text is included with this story online. And we do need to step away here for just a moment. We'll be right back. There's more news on the way after this on KCIM. Rain, sleet, snow, and even rodents are all things you want protection from to extend the life of your farm equipment. We can help and have the solutions at NextGenX Supply in Templeton. We provide full service general contracting from the dirt work to the finishing touches. So as we build your new machine shed or storage facility, you can focus on business as usual. Call for a quote today at 669-3459. NextGenX Supply in Templeton, for the experience, knowledge, and the parts you need now. At Mount Carmel Mutual, we are always focused on dedicated, personalized service for you. That means you can trust us to keep you top of mind. As a proud Grinnell Mutual member insurance company, we'll be there when you need us most, helping protect all that's important to you, including your future. With Grinnell Mutual, you can trust in tomorrow. Contact your local Mount Carmel Mutual agent today. Trust in Tomorrow is a registered trademark of Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. In his weekly newsletter to constituents, Iowa District 6 Senator Jason Schultz of Schleswig highlighted a growing problem with the potential to change the fabric of Iowa as we know it and love it. Uh, According to him, Schultz is referring to the lack of immigration enforcement at the nation's southern border. He acknowledges America as a nation of immigrants, but expresses concerns about the consequences of the open border policy. He credits Governor Kim Reynolds for her stance on the issue, recognizing the impact on Iowa. Since the start of the Biden administration, an estimated 7 million illegal immigrants have entered the country, creating a backlog in immigration court and over 2 million pounds of drug seizures. Iowa, despite being almost 1,000 miles from the southern border faces challenges with I-29 and I-35 providing easy routes for illicit activities. Reynolds's actions include the deployment of Iowa law enforcement personnel to support Texas in its border defense from September 1st to October 2nd of 2023. Schultz notes that initiative included the apprehension of nearly 500 illegal migrants, 42 vehicle pursuits, 40 human smuggling cases, 11 drug trafficking cases, 14 narcotics arrests, 6 weapons arrests, and 11 recovered stolen vehicles. Schultz says, I applaud Governor Kim Reynolds for taking part in defending our national border, along with 24 other states who understand what is at stake for our citizens. This was a good use of one-time federal ARPA tax dollars. It used federal money to address the neglect of its constitutional duty. We should thank all our military and law enforcement friends who took time away from their jobs and families to do this important work. Kemper Catholic Schools heard a presentation from BCDM architects uh, that were hired last October to complete a facility study as part of Kemper's five-year strategic planning during the parochial school's board meeting this week. Kemper President John Steffes says the school is entering a new strategic plan with one of the guidelines from the Diocese of Sioux City to develop a facility plan to meet long and short-term fiscal needs of their facilities. Steffa says BCDM was hired because of their previous work, completed for the Kemper Catholic School System, as well as local parishes in the area.
1: They, since October, have done number crunching, looked at enrollment trends, the physical size of our classrooms, the teacher schedules, and went around measuring everything in the whole three different buildings, St. Lawrence, Holy Spirit, and this one. And so now they come back with a master plan, short-term, long-term. There are all kinds of options out there, and so now we'll most likely form a a smaller subcommittee work group to try to look at all that and determine which direction will we go.
0: Steffes says this is the second meeting with BCDM. The first meeting was held shortly after their hire to explain the process and discuss every component of data that the group will be measuring for the study. During Tuesday's presentation, Steffes says BCDM explored all the potential options for Kemper but did not specifically give recommendations on what the school should consider.
1: Not really. I mean, okay. they're just presenting all the different options, and that's really the board's decision if they want to just do a short-term okay. as-is or, you know, do we want to look at something more extravagant. And so that's what the board's got to take a look at and look at all the variety of options that are there and try to pare it down now. Something as basic as j- just shift some kids around to a different part of the building, to another center, to just to add on prop possibly somewhere. So it's just... They were so varied and so different, and we really don't have, it's so early and preliminary and even close to talking about what specific options we're going to look into.
0: Steffes says the school does not have a deadline for when decisions need to be made. Still, they'll likely establish a subcommittee to review the master facility analysis by this summer. Steffes says by the end of this year, the school needs to define the short and long-term goals uh, they want to accomplish during their five-year strategic plan, of which the facility study is a section.
1: So we really don't have a tight timeline on anything. Yeah. The, the diocese requires us to have a, it's called a five-year strategic plan, so we could call it a, we're just starting a five-year strategic plan.
0: Steph says he and the school system will keep everyone informed once that decision process gets underway. And that is going to be wrapping up your KCIM Midday News for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. For these stories and many more, check us out online by following us on Facebook and X at 1380kcim.com or through the Kale Broadcasting mobile app. I'm Nathan Cones reporting.